Welcome to The Unmistakable Marketer. Every week, we interview business leaders, marketers, and authors from around the world. Together, we try to unpack how we create marketing messages that attract attention and separate us from the competition. Our goal is to help you make your marketing unmistakable. In addition to this podcast, listeners get actionable advice on the latest insights in digital marketing from our free email newsletter, which can be found at tomorrow-people.com. That's tomorrow-people.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Unmistakable Marketer. My name is Nathan Anibaba. Uh, my guest this week is Aviva Walsh. Aviva is channel consultant for HubSpot. She works with marketing agency partners, helping them grow their agency and their clients' businesses using HubSpot through the development of uh, unique strategies and the application of a variety of tools such as blogging, SEO, lead nurturing, email, and social media. So hello, Aviva. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Hi, Nathan. How are you? Thank you for having me. Great stuff. So Aviva, can you tell our audience, for those that aren't familiar with the company, I'm not sure that there are many of them, um, a little bit more about HubSpot and sort of what it is the company does? Sure, yeah. So HubSpot is um, an inbound marketing software platform that helps companies attract visitors, convert leads and close customers. Um, I'm sure a lot of you will agree, you know, traditional marketing is is broken these days um, and buyers are taking control and they're not into old school marketing, they're not into cold calling and billboards um, and what HubSpot does is it it helps you um, generate leads at every of the way from attracting your visitors to converting them into leads and then closing them as customers using a variety of different tools such as blogging, email, CRM, social media and a lot more. And what's great about HubSpot is it puts it all into one place. Great stuff, fantastic. Well Aviva, before we get into the actual interview itself, can you tell our audience one thing that they would be surprised to know about you? Yeah, sure. Um, so this is nothing to do with inbound marketing. Um, <laughs> in November, I will be competing in the World Powerlifting Championships in wow. Italy. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully that class is something surprising. That is definitely surprising. <laughs> so, it's, okay. good. it's great for an icebreaker. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Have, you. have you done that before? I mean, is it the first time you're competing or...? No, no, I had to. I had to qualify for this, so I've competed. It's my fourth competition. I uh, competed in the Irish Nationals this year, and that's what qualified me for the Worlds. Um, yeah, so when I'm not doing inbound marketing, which is most of the time, um, it's a nice little break. Nice little breakaway. Your powerlifting. Well, well, uh, all, yeah. all, all the best. We wish you all the best for that. Thank you. Fantastic. So, Aviva, what what marketing have you come across that you would consider as unmistakable? Yeah, so um, I find this one difficult to choose from, I think, um, because there's probably two examples that really stand out clearly in my mind. Um, one of them is is more modern. Um, it's it's an example of really effective email marketing, um, and it's done by a charity uh, called Water. Um, so basically, they instead of um, you know just signing people up, they used transactional emails, which are automated emails you get into your inbox after taking a certain action on a website. This could be anything from filling out a form to purchasing a product to updating you on the progress of your order. Um, so with what Charity did is that once someone donates to the charity, um, which obviously this charity supports water projects around the world and in developing uh, countries, their money takes a long journey. 
Um, and most charities don't tell you about the journey at all. Um, but Water uses automated emails to show donors how their money is making an impact over time. Um, and they have a project timeline. And with that project timeline and accompanying table, um, you get to see really, really clearly in a nice, bold visual in an email um, exactly where your money is and what you're doing. Um, and that one for me really stood out because it's obviously using um, this platform and this software and this, this methodology and marketing automation to kind of make a difference and uh, to support, you know, uh, charities and um, donors donors to charities. Uh, another one that stands out in my mind, and I know you only asked me for one, mm -hmm. um, would probably be the Dove Real Beauty campaign. And I think um, probably most women listening to this will remember that. Uh, it was a fantastic example of uh, persona-based um, marketing. Um, they really, they use real-life people instead of, you know, the women that you usually see in, uh, on these beauty ads. Mm -hmm. um, and they create an ads around a topic that they knew was sensitive but meaningful to their customers. Mm. Yeah, no, great examples, both of them. Um, the the Dove Real Beauty campaign was something that I uh, I was made made aware of uh, probably about eight months ago. I know it's it's been around for many years, but I, I came to it slightly late. But um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, great example of, of of how you can sort of take traditional approaches to uh, the beauty and fashion industry and kind of flip it on its head to talk to real life women. And it, it's definitely a campaign that's made a, a, a big impact. Um, so, so talk to me about um, what, what you're doing at HubSpot at the moment, because you guys work with some of the largest companies in the world. Um, what are some of the common challenges that you're hearing from, from clients and customers at the moment? I think um, the most common challenge of all is uh, probably one of the most basic ones. It's not got to do with anything too complicated or to, with the software. It's got to do with finding time mm -hmm. to write content um, and, of course, defining the keyword strategy in, in a more saturated market. Um, but I think the time is the biggest thing. Um, and it's important to know, like, while inbound marketing really, really works, it does take time. Mm. Especially at the start, especially when you're starting off and you're building that content machine. Once you have that well oiled, you can repurpose and pump out more and more content. You get more experienced. You also, you know, you're able to grow your team and hire really, really remarkable people. Um, but I think the biggest challenge is definitely finding the time to write that content and just to sit down and concentrate on, you know, how you write that content, what keywords you use. Um, so absolutely, that's definitely the biggest one. Now, are these clients that are, are relatively small, so are they SMEs, are they sort of one-man bands typically, or are they sort of your large organizations that have a marketing department and are still struggling to find time? It, it varies from all sizes, um, from the smallest ones to the to the biggest ones, and I think um, sometimes they really just have to bite the bullet and sit down and allocate that time. Sure. With, with agencies, quite often what happens is if you're not... Um, you know, building your retainers on uh, value based rather than cost based, then you see a lot of scope creep, and you have to have you end up having much more resources on certain certain projects than what you had allowed for, which takes your resources off other things, especially your own marketing, and doing your own marketing. So for me, because I work with other agencies, that's the biggest challenge that I see. Sure. Well, that's that's a really interesting point because obviously you, you work with a number of agencies um, and you're helping them obviously sort of grow uh, 
their their agency through the inbound approach to to lead gen. So I guess what I wanted to ask is that there, you know because there there are so many um, agencies reselling HubSpot and, and adopting your software software at the moment. You know what have you seen the best agencies do to differentiate themselves from other competing agencies to grow their organization uh, to separate themselves from the rest of the pack? So in order, like, obviously, that's exactly what they do. They have to differentiate themselves. So what do they do to differentiate themselves? Um, they need to clearly define who they are and what they do. Mm. And whether that's through, you know, a structured exercise, sitting down with all of the main decision makers, um, and ma especially, you know, sales and marketing, and making sure they're fully clear on, okay, what is it that we really, really do best? Why why have we started this company? Um, what is the vision? And what is it that we can do better than our competitors? Um, they can't try to be all things to all people. You can't go out there and say, you know, if, for example, if you're a marketing agency, you can't go out there and say, a full service agency if you're um, any type of company you have to figure out what it is regardless of what type of company you are um, a food manufacturer a shampoo maker a marketing agency you have to understand exactly why it is that you're in business what can you do better than anyone else mm. um, and once you figure out what that is that's how you build your business you build your business around that what it is that makes you special because it's got to be in there somewhere otherwise you wouldn't be in business so without naming names, could you give us an example of an agency that's done that and what they've actually done? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I, I, like, I mean, a lot of our partners would have, would have done it pretty well. And what they've done is we go in the onboarding process on HubSpot and um, we have a, a session or a few sessions that are allocated to defining your positioning strategy and that is it's almost essentially like a new business strategy is a better word for it it's finding out how you're going to get a foothold in the marketplace um, and what they've done is they've figured out what service it is that they're best at um, is it content writing is it website design uh, is it email marketing is it social media and then they've identified usually a vertical and that is probably one of the best ways to um, position yourself is finding that industry that you're specialized in and you don't have to do you don't have to stick with one industry but you go after one industry first and then if, if that's something that you're really good at and if you feel you've got enough experience and you've got a good reason to try and you know try yourself in a different industry then by all means go ahead and do that mm. but the, a good positioning statement will consist of for example we do um, website designs for the fintech and pharmaceutical industries mm -hmm. it can be two different verticals but it's very clear what they do and who they do it for other ways that they can successfully differentiate themselves is on how they do it. So, for example, we have one agency um, that differentiates themselves because they don't have any account executives. Um, I, this is a, an interesting way to differentiate yourselves, but I wouldn't advise it unless what how you do something is so extremely unique that it warrants that. Um, the best way is always who you do it for and what you do. Sure. No, that's... Um... Definitely great advice. What what would you say to those agencies that um, were a traditional agency before they embarked down the inbound approach, and they have a number of different clients in in a number of different industries? What kind of direction would you take them in in terms of specialising or going down one vertical? What I would say, and um, when, when you you have to approach this this subject quite carefully, and you have to bear in mind that this is a 
obviously for that in that example it's a good example is a well-established business who have a successful background and you can't tell them to wipe out half of their clients it just doesn't work like that so in that case you, you take a step-by-step -step approach so look at okay what industry is it that you're you're most well known for what have you had the most success and what what are, where are you most validated in um, you know, look at your successful clients, look at your happy clients, is there a pattern? And start with that one. Maybe just start a campaign that's differentiated. A ca say for example, if it was the aviation sector, start by doing a campaign for the aviation sector. It doesn't mean that you have to stay and you have to stick with that sector for the rest of your, your business life, but you're basically identifying the best places for you to win new business and get good experience and grow your business within the inbound marketing world. Sure. It doesn't mean that later down the line you can't try your your you know try and see if okay will I be successful in a different industry and um, that you may also have experience in um, and also one one last thing on that when we have client for agencies who already have previous experience or previous clients we first say you know lean on them a lot it, go to them first with your new offering if you're a traditional marketing agency and you suddenly are you know you're getting involved in marketing you've bought HubSpot go to those clients first because those people know you and they're much more likely to listen to what you say they trust you you already have a lot of eyes great stuff no i love that um aviva i, I want to talk to you about content overload obviously hubspot is an organization that advocates content you know it seems as though everyone uh, is doing content marketing these days it's uh, you know to a, to a certain extent it's no longer content marketing it's just marketing um, so because of that, it almost seems as though it's harder to sort of get our content seen and our, and our content heard and sort of get awareness for the, for the great content that a lot of us are, are creating. What advice would you give to marketers that are struggling to get their content seen um, in this kind of uh, commoditized marketplace that we're in? Um, yeah, so great question. And um something we have to really you know put a lot of thought into these days uh first thing uh, usually when you're you're doing a, a content campaign the way that we do it and hopefully one the way that we encourage our customers to do it when you start out is to start with your awareness stage content and then you go to your uh, consideration stage and then of course your decision stage is when the customer is ready to purchase um and so with that then what you need to focus on is what content i think most importantly is usually what content is at the top of the funnel mm. Uh, that's what really needs to change and the pet peeves that I see that really kind of I'm start really I guess the, I don't like to use the word annoy but things I'd like to change the most is when I see the ebooks 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 have been done to death yes and um, what your persona needs at the top of the funnel that's when they don't know you that's when it's really important to get their attention to build right. that relationship and that's also when they're not really going to invest a lot of time into reading an ebook from someone they don't know um, what you need to do then is change your content, change your content offers. So, you know, be bold with your blogs, think outside of the box, uh, content hand grenades even, if, if you will, something that is going to make, hmm. turn people's heads. And then with your content offers, as I referred to earlier, don't do ebook at the top of the funnel. Do something that's interactive, that's going to help your persona with their day. Even a quiz, a game, um, something that they can print out and put on their wall so they can remember you. Be different and, and think, you know, think appropriately for each stage of the buyer's journey so that you can 
help your persona rather than throw information at them because so many more other people, as you pointed out, are throwing information at them. Sure. So so it's about really being creative at the top of the funnel. And, and, and you mentioned a number of things there from quizzes to, to games and those sorts of um, awareness pieces. Could you give us yeah. an example really of, um, you know, yes, there's, you know, yes, you need to create that, that sort of content, but what sort of channels are best to actually get this content out um, in, in front of our target audience? And, you know, to what extent, uh, I guess the second part of this question is that if increasingly a number of other people are, are creating uh, tutorials or, you know, awareness pieces, be it games or quizzes or those sorts of things, how do you then differentiate, even though, uh, I guess what you are creating is slightly different, but if more and more people are, are sort of creating that sort of content, you still need to sort of separate yourself from the rest of the, rest of the pack. So it's sort of a, a two-part question there, Viva. Well, I mean, no, if people aren't creating enough of that interactive content. Right. So that is how you differentiate yourselves. You go out there and you do something, you, get, you really understand your persona, you understand what they need in their day-to-day -day lives rather than sending them, you know, a big long thesis for, right. of an ebook or something they're not ready to read. Right. You do something that is going to interact with them and, and help them. Um, and then, just in terms of you know getting your content out there and where you should get it out there, the platforms haven't really changed. You know, we're still looking at things like LinkedIn and Twitter. But it also, what's really important is to just know what's relevant um, and understand where your persona is going to be at each times of the day and what they're going to be wanting to look at at each times at that time of the day. So you know, if you're on LinkedIn in the morning, maybe you're going to send them a tip sheet for how to organize their day. Um, and the, the thing there is that the, the channels haven't really changed. It's just how you're approaching them and making sure that what you're sending them is really, really relevant and that you're sending to them at the right time and it's personal. Great stuff. Well, well Aviva, I want to talk this, I want to talk about a little bit about HubSpot now and sort of how HubSpot specifically differentiate from the other automation um, vendors in the marketplace. I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, I'm sure we all are all relatively, relatively <laughs> but um, could you, could you just share, you know, how do you guys differentiate yourselves? Um, I think one of the biggest differentiators of HubSpot is aside from, you know, everything is all in, in one place from the top of the middle to the bottom of the funnel where a lot of our competitors don't have that. They more focus on the middle and the bottom. Um, the biggest differentiator is the support that you get. Mm -hmm. So not only are you getting technical support in 24-7 basis uh, because we now have offices in every single time, well, all the main time zones around the world, so there's always someone on support. Um, the other thing is, is strategic support, and I know that, that people are often blown away by the kind of strategic support that they get from us. So, for example, as a channel consultant, my role is to help people grow their business, um, but it's not just about inbound marketing. I get on the phone and I have conversations with my partners about their staff and you know how they're building and scaling their business and how they're pricing their retainers and you know the contracts that they're putting in place um, and so many other problems and solutions that come with the aches and pains of growing a business mm. and that people just don't realize that they get with HubSpot and I've often had that comment like wow I didn't think this would be I didn't think I'd be getting this with HubSpot um, so it, it's definitely the support that you get. Fantastic stuff great stuff just in terms of bringing the show to an end, end now Aviva are there any books that you can recommend to our audience that have been helpful to you in terms of this whole discussion we've been having around differentiation and innovation? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because this is it's a topic that I'm I'm quite uh, passionate about. So, um, the first one I would say is the marketing agency blueprint, uh, which is by uh, Paul Rotzer, and the other one is Win Without Pitching, which is a fantastic book about uh, positioning. Um, and basically, you know, Win Without Pitching is a giveaway to what it's all about and how you know if you're really differentiated, you don't even need to pitch. Fantastic stuff. Aviva, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate your, your thoughts and your, and your comments. If people want to find out more about yourself or, or the company, um, you know, where can they go? What's the best place to go? Oh, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, go to www.hubspot.com to find out more about HubSpot. Um, and also uh, find out about me. There's my LinkedIn profile. Um, and, of course, I have a Twitter handle, which is uh, AvivaCCHS. It's not hard to remember. It stands for Channel Consultant Hubspot. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> well, Aviva, thank you very much Great. for your time. I think there's a lot of value that we've taken from that and uh, hope to have you back on the show at some point in the future. Great. Thanks very much, Nathan. Great. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. This has uh, been another edition of The Unmistakable Marketer. Join me next week. We'll be, we'll be speaking to another marketing decision maker about what makes their content unmistakable. Join me for that one. Thank you. Thank you.